Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's continue in the book of Titus. Here's another one of this, uh, the, the trustworthy sayings that appear within the pastoral epistles. This one is to Titus. This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone, but avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law because they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a divisive, uh, reject a divisive person after a first and second warning. For you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning. He is self-condemned. So in verses in, in verses four through in verses four through eight, we've seen this beautiful description of the outpouring of grace by uh, uh, the, the out, outpouring of God's grace and that by, by which we may become heirs with Christ. Uh, we see this heavy emphasis on the fact that uh, our salvation has nothing to do with our own works. But then we're going to do stuff because we're saved, right? Good works are going to flow, but you notice that it comes after the, after the justification, after the outpouring of grace, after this, this covenant by which we may become heirs and receive eternal life. So there's the work of salvation is done 100% accomplished by Christ. And then in the book of Titus comes this call to good works. This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things. Right, he's driving this home for Titus to drive this thing home in his ministry context as he appoints elders throughout Crete. He wants Titus to insist on this. Remember as well, as well the dark cultural context on the island of Crete. There were these people were just known. Their, their, reputation, uh, their reputation for being uh, evil gluttons and lazy beasts, as their own prophets say, was, uh, was, was pretty hard to overcome. But by the time this work of the Holy Spirit in their island has had this effect. It's, it's transformed the entire culture. I mean, consider the ramifications. And you know that it's just as efficacious today. He speaks about the kindness of God, our Savior, appearing and saving us not by our works of righteousness that we had done. He's very clear about that in verse 5. But then, because we're saved, good works are going to come. All right, so we, those who have believed in God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone. So you're, there are good works. You're not completely off the hook, all right? You're going to do something, but it's not going to save you. You don't do good works so that you can be saved. Because you're saved, good works are going to flow. It's unavoidable. So the good works do come as a result of our salvation. See that in verse 8. But then in verse 9, some negative instructions, some, some things to avoid. Foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law. So we've seen the genealogy thing come up a couple of times in Paul's writings in the pastoral epistles. That was a, that was a big trend uh, within both Timothy and Titus's context. Uh, and he's, he's, he's telling Titus to steer clear. Avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law. This in particular, uh, we've seen already in the book of Titus, would, would refer likely to the, to the circumcision party, the, the Judaizers, the mutilators of the flesh. Uh, Paul just goes to town on that false teaching in uh, the book of Galatians. It's like, the, it's like the angriest letter Paul has ever written. Uh, and it's because of this, this addendum onto the gospel mandating uh, that in order to be saved, you have to also then be circumcised, even if you're a grown adult. It's terrible. Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning. Right? Uh, what is the, the old school rendering, the King James, uh, a heretic after the second and third admonition dismiss? 
So you're going to go to some length to maintain reconciliation and peace right, with somebody who's being divisive. And I imagine he's probably drawing upon some of the examples he's just given. Uh, people who wanted to have foolish debates and quarrels uh, about genealogies and disputes about the law. Uh, and so if you come upon this stuff, Titus, when you get into these debates, try once, try it twice, all right? Try to bring them to course correction, but then after that, even after that, reject or dismiss. Move on, move on, all right? Uh, this is a popular, this is a popular trend, uh, this, especially within, I gotta, I gotta speak to my brothers and sisters in Christ in, re, in reformed circles. Sometimes uh, we are ready to reject right away in an evangelistic encounter and we don't stick around at all. And we're very quick to wipe the dust off of our feet and move on. But bro, you could get a little bit of dust on your feet. You could stick around a little bit longer. You know, you could, uh, don't relinquish so quickly the gospel encounter. This is, this actually is about confronting someone in a dispute about the law and about, uh, about genealogies, probably the Judaizers in Titus's context. And so you're going to engage them and you're going to engage again. And then you dismiss. Don't, don't jump straight to the dismissal. Do try, do engage. It's not fun. Uh, but this, this aspect of pastoral work is important when you do have to confront error. You have, you have to correct false teaching. Uh, it's not something that we should delight in, but it does come with the territory. And it does save people. It does save people. But at a certain point, you've done everything as far as it depends upon you to see to it that the truth has been put out there. You've done everything as far as it depends upon you to see to it that the, the true gospel has been taught, Titus. But after a second or third uh, engagement with, with these, with these detractors, then you got to move on. You got to move on. And your conscience can be clear because you did, you did try Titus to correct, uh, uh, to, to, to correct those who were speculating about the law and, and trying to add on to the gospel. Uh, Mormonism is just a really clear example of this in our context, but it's not the only one. Uh, a lot of my friends within the Catholic Church can be caught up in legalism as well and, and belief, uh, belief in sacramental rituals and things like this. This adds on to the gospel. So it was, it was, uh, it was prevalent in Titus's context. It's still prevalent in our context today. This, this letter is evergreen. Um, I want to close by just one more, one more time pointing out this call to good works. This call to good works. Uh, it, it comes on the heels of this beautiful theology of atonement, and now it, it is a, a practical spurring on to good works. And I want to cross-reference Ephesians 2, 8. When you do these good works, even then God's sovereign, because according to Ephesians 2, 8, these good works themselves were actually prepared in advance by God for us to do. Um, it's pretty amazing to consider like just the, the sheer sovereignty of God, even in our good works. We're glorifying him. When we do good, when good flows from us, even then God is glorified in it. That goodness itself came from God. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Would you glorify God as you do good works? Have an amazing, amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow.